Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show. I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. Well, I keep saying the host. I'm one of your hosts, Craig Carlisle. This week, we're going to be playing an excerpt from a time I was able to speak at the Weapons of Mass Destruction. It's a great ministry that I'm a part of, led by Apostle Miranda Williams. The boys and I will be right back in studio in a couple of weeks, but check out this, the teaching I did on false teachers. Okay, a spirit of the Antichrist is, is something that they're following. So be quick to resist or abstain from senseless traditions and legends. Be instead, be engaged in the training of truth that brings righteousness. Moving on, verse 8. This is how God's conduct or conducts of God's service is how we should conduct ourselves. For athletic training only benefits you for a short season. But righteousness brings lasting benefit in everything. For righteousness contains the promise of life for time and eternity. Faithful is the word, and everyone should accept him. And I think this is good because in my house, and I know Jonathan, you're on here too, I believe, from an athletic perspective, he's a he's an athlete football player. So those who don't yeah. know, <clears throat> and I was just saying this this particular verse here, I thought of you when I read verse eight because it says, "For athletic training only benefits you for a short season, but being an athlete, you have to stay in top condition all the time." So you can be ready to play and go and, and take those hits in football and run over people and tackle people. And so you don't, you can reduce your amount of injury, but it's showing here in the word says that the, it benefits you for a short season and athletes, we may play, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, depending on the position, but the word says, but righteousness brings lasting benefit in everything. For righteousness contains the promise of life for time, meaning where we are right now, and eternity, which is with, with God. And it's so funny because our culture, again, the spirit of the Antichrist has our mindsets believing that athletic, being an athlete is the way that we should go, especially in the Black community. We spend a lot of time trying to push our children towards sports, trying to become uh, something famous and known in that arena, watching people and children and families from poorer areas of any culture, poor areas, one of the areas they're told that you can easily get out of is to become an athlete, to be something like that. So you can become famous because so you can become rich. But the word is telling us that our athletic training only benefits you for a short season, a short while. But if you watch and listen to a lot of actors and athletes and people who run wild lives, and have done all these wonderful things to destroy their body and just do whatever they wanted to do and following the spirit of the Antichrist. It's like they wait to the end of their life when they're no longer as popular as they used to be, no longer as handsome and beautiful as they used to be, no longer as strong as they used to be, no longer probably in some cases as rich as they used to be. They want to come and follow Christ then. Yeah. But, and that's okay because the Lord is, he's a gentleman. He's much better than me because I would tell him, well, I could tell you what I tell him, but I would, I wouldn't be quite as nice as Jesus and God would be, but because God takes them in all points in our life, whether it be first part of our life and our youth and strength, or the last part of our life when we're broken down and dying, because he wants us all to come to know him, to the knowledge of him. But can you imagine if we had taken our lives and given our lives to God from the early stages, the lasting benefit in everything that we would have done the things that we would have gone through in life from a little child to have the benefit of righteousness, continue to promise for a life and time that we live right now and into eternity. 
for faithful is the word here, but here the word is not logos here it, in the term of the word. It's the word logos in reference to him being God here, where and everyone should accept him, the word, and God being the word. That makes sense? So when we deal with our words, encourage everyone to use your resources, either be online or your concordances or your study Bibles. And, you know, we can help you get those handled. We may not all buy as many as, as Apostle Renda has with 52,812 in the house at one time. I think, you, I think uh, Apostle, you had to get an extra building permit to have some of them Bibles for the weight in the second floor, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Some, you only need one in some cases, just so you have them. <laughs> but, you know, if you want the different ones, the, the wording is different. And it just helps us understand. But again, no matter what the translation is, it has to come back to either the Greek for the New Testament or Hebrew for the Old Testament. Okay, mm -hmm. so you, we, it, it all has back, comes back to the same foundation. Okay, so, <clears throat> sorry, moving on. Where are we yeah, at now? I'm oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead. Number 10. Uh, yeah, uh, did I skip 10? I believe I did. Did I skip 10? I apologize. I did skip 10 for some of us. Would you mind reading 10 for me? And 10, and yeah, read 10 through 12 for me, if you don't mind. I'm, I'm in a different Bible. That's okay. Okay. It is for this that we labor and strive, often called to account, because we have fixed our confidence, our hope, on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe in him, recognize him as the son of God and accept him as savior and Lord. My verse before that, just to try to put this in context, it says, this is a faithful and trustworthy saying worthy of full acceptance and approval. It is for this that we labor and strive, often called to account, because we have fixed our confidence, hope on the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe in him, recognize him as the son of God and accept him as savior and Lord. Yeah, thank you so much. I love this way in, in the Passion Translation, it says instruct people and teach people all that I've taught you and don't be intimidated by those who are older than you simply because they're older than you. Just tells us to simply be the example that they need to see in being faithful and true in all you do. Speak truth and live a life of purity and authentic love as you remain strong in your faith. <clears throat> this helps me a lot because learning and teaching or learning to be a teacher, learning to to speak now at this point in my life, I still have I've found myself always thinking that there's so many other people better than me. And there, and there are, yes, but I have a tendency to downplay what the Lord has given me. And we're going to cover that too in another scripture where we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to be excited about what the Lord has given us. And as long as we focus on what God has given us, it doesn't matter what the Lord's given someone else. And we're always trying to strive to become better in God, not better in our humanity amongst each other. Make sense? Team. Yes. 
I know it's not part of your text, but. Team. Oh, I hear you. 13, 13. Oh, 13. Okay, read 13 for me. It says in the TPT, so until I come, be diligent in devouring. I like the word that it says, the word of God, be faithful in prayer and in teaching the believers. I just like 13 because it makes us all be accountable. Yeah. And it's, what's funny is that was actually supposed to have been in my notes. I appreciate you for bringing this. Like, you know, I thought I had, that's why I flipped through my notes. Like I thought I had that, but I didn't. Read, read, it, read it for me again, because I love the thought of devouring, because you're talking about eating the word and putting it deep inside of you. And then it has to do work in you, right? For your, your body's good. And then it has to be expelled, meaning in an action through your body. Amen. So re, read it again for me, please. It says, so until I come, be diligent in devouring the word of God. Be faithful in prayer and in teaching the believers. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. And you can't, one of the things I was, I, yeah, that was, that brings this to the next point. I thank you for bringing it. I apologize for not having it in my notes here because that's what this point is about Timothy 4 is that you can't teach what you don't know. And you can only teach what you know, but you can only live what you believe. Hey, Amen. That's good. Because if you don't believe in God, then you can't live a life of God and a godly life. Now, what do we mean there? It's like, okay, fine. I can, I can learn things about God. I can teach you things about God. But if I, if I can teach you things about the Bible, if I can teach you about walking on water, if I can teach you about turning water to wine, if I can teach you about, you know, raising, you know, a man from the dead, and, and, and if I can teach you about healing, but if I'm not able, if I don't believe it, I'm not going to be able to show you a tangible example of, of walking those things out when I needed to walk on water, or when I needed a healing, or if I needed to pray and raise someone from the dead, that's not going to be something I'm going to be able to walk out if I don't believe that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's, that's what we need to make sure we know. And, the, and it brings those questions. What do you know about God? Is it head knowledge? Do we just know that there is a God and You've heard that he can do all these miraculous things, but fail. Have you, that you've heard he can be every place at the same time. That you've heard that he can even know what our fingerprints look like. And that we've heard that he can do all these wonderful things. But do you? What do you believe about him in our own lives? Any one of us have ever had a sickness or an illness where we were the one on the inside of that bed rail, laying there with tubes coming all in and out of our body wondering if we were going to make it to the next moment, not to the next day, but to the next moment. And some of us have had these situations in our lives. We don't want to admit to the fact that God had anything to do with it. And I share as a testimony when I was young, I'm young still, but not, not as young as I was back then until I was like, probably, I don't know, 25, 30 or so. I used to believe that I did that. I wasn't really sure if God loved me. And and I, and I was in that mindset because I was like, well, God, he must not love me because he doesn't give me anything I have to be really delivered from. I don't, I didn't live a bad life. I didn't really cuss or swear. I don't, didn't drink, didn't smoke. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't running in gangs. I wasn't hanging out with those that were bad. I just, I was afraid to do anything because I knew that God didn't like it. To that point, I had never had sex. So I was like, okay, this is, you know, like, what are we doing? And God, I don't know what to do. So I don't really have a testimony because I don't have anything that you saved me from. 
So I was sad for many years. I mean, I'm talking about sad till I was like beyond 21. I was sad. And I was sharing this with a with one of my mentors back in college. And they were like, well, that's a testimony in itself that God has saved you from having to have done all those things, but yet you still believe in him. Amen. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I talked about, yeah, you're right. But on the inside, I was still upset, still frustrated. I was still like, well, I don't know if I can really tell anybody about the greatness of God because I don't have anything to share. But not understanding that there were also people still out there like me who had the same type of life that needed to know that it was still possible. Does that make sense? Yeah, we needed to know that it's possible to live a holy, consecrated life. Yeah. And, and then to be, let's be real about it. I just, as I'm a, I'm a real dude. I was 31 and then the, the evening after I had gotten married before I had sex for the first time. So and it wasn't like I didn't have opportunities. I, the, okay, let's be transparent, not being gross. We just went transparent. I've actually put people out of my house to make sure that that was the case and stayed true. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we need to make sure that we all understand that God blesses us and keeps us no matter what our state is. Now, when my mother died and then my mother-in-law died and then my wife died and then my siblings started to, you know, turn against me and then my dad died and then other people started to make me feel like I was nothing. Then I thought I had a testimony then because it was who God was became real to me. Because now I had those moments of like, God, I'm really hurting now and I need you to save me. I need you to, to deal in these situations for me. But, but I'd always heard the, the great people of the church talk about, the great mothers of the church would get up and they would give these 20-minute testimonies and, and they would sing while they talked and gave the testimony about the goodness of the Lord. But, but no one talks about the goodness of God when you don't have a problem. Because yeah. we, we, we want to make it seem like it's so much all about us over, in the case of me, I must not be loved because there is no trouble. Because we want to sing the, trouble, the song that trouble don't last always. We want to sing all these, that, that, the, these songs about how it, what, what trouble only comes for a night, but joy comes in the morning. But what do you do and how do you tell someone who, doesn't, who has joy in the night and joy in the morning? There must not be a God for them. But the spirit of the Antichrist was even dealing with me then to make me believe that I must not be for God or for God must not be for me because I didn't have trouble. And that's not what that's saying. So if you're, if you're raising children who have been saved and spared from these types of issues of life, you've got to remind them and share with them and tell them that, no, God loves you. I don't say more. He loves you just as much. Because he's keeping you safe from all of that. Okay, you could say, like old folks used to say, what? Hurt, harm, and danger, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have gone through all this craziness to believe. Where it talks about have faith like a little child. And that's where all, all of us well, should want to be. Anyway, we're going to keep moving. I don't want to be here, keep everybody here all night long. One of the keys to First Timothy 4 is... What do we, what we believe about God reflects where we are with our antichrist experience. Make sense. If we believe that God is everything to us, it can do nothing else but fail. If that's what we, is that something we talk about? 
or is that something that we live about? Because if we can, if we're not living it out, then we are letting the spirit of the Antichrist make us believe that God is nothing, or he's less to us than he actually really, really is. What we believe about God reveals our faith. If we don't believe that God's going to, you know, help us, he's going to make, I'm going to say help, let me, Lord, forgive me, let me cancel those words. If, we, if we're not going to believe that God's going to make that next car payment, house payment, rent payment, or whatever, not just this month, but six months from now, when you think your money's going to run out. If we don't believe that God's going to do that, then that's revealing that our faith isn't strong enough. Our faith is not there. Is it because we, our faith is in us. Can the I word ask talk- you a question? Yes, I'm ma'am. Sorry. No, no, please. I, this is my question. So what you're saying to us is we can all have the Antichrist spirit if we're not careful. Yes, ma'am. We, it is exactly what I'm saying, that we all do not can't have, that we all wrestle against that. We all it, wrestle against that spirit. Yes. And if, and if we can't believe God for certain things, like by operating in faith, mm-hmm. then that's an antichrist spirit. Yes, ma'am. That's good. Because, that's real good. But that and that's found in found in the scripture. And those who can who are their fast Bibles, find it and then let me know when you want to read it. Because we talk about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. That's what that is worked out. That's what that looks like. Wrestling against principalities and powers is not set. I mean, I mean, probably a lot of us think, oh, I'm sitting here wrestling with an with the invisible person. No, that's not what that means. It's in our minds where we believe I'm ugly, I'm fat, and I'm overweight, and I'm old, and no one ever loved me. That's an antichrist spirit. Mm. I'll, I'll never lose weight because I just can't stop eating because I love sweets and sugar because it makes me feel good. That's an antichrist spirit. That's good, Craig. I can't stop smoking because I love it. I'm addicted to it. That's an antichrist spirit because that means that I've now made a contract, an agreement with the enemy about something that's not of God. Because if I, if our bodies is a temple of the Holy Spirit, temple of God, I don't know of any temples that you know got bulges and it's all out of shape, getting ready to fall down. I don't. Is that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's good. So if we're wrestling against those thoughts. Those principalities and that antichrist spirit, because those thoughts are opposite what God says, because our word, we talk about it. I can do all things through God who gives me strength. And that means that I can stop eating all the bad food and the sugar and I can fast and I can get my body into the point where I want to eat nothing but vegetables. Correct. Mm-hmm. Because that means I also can, can, what is it? Uh, take captive all of those thoughts that are, that show themselves against the knowledge of God. Correct. Yeah. That means that I can eat foods that are good for me. I can put the cigarette down because it's bad for me. And that means I can do all the, I can walk more. I can take my dogs on a walk in the morning or the night. Because oh. I can do it. I can do all things. I can have a job that makes sense. I can build a business that the Lord wants me to build. I can dream those dreams that the, that the Lord has given me to do. That I can do all things. With, that all is not restrictive to a certain classification of food, beverage, or business or love, or happiness, or my children, correct? Mm-hmm. All is exactly what it means. It's a, it's a universal term covering an infinite and unlimited amount of things. 
And if the word also says that I have the mind of Christ, that means I can do anything that I put my mind to. True? Yeah, because there's nothing impossible with God. Okay, so, so if a false prophet is going to tell you that you can't do those things, or that you can't eat certain foods, or I can go gorge myself and you'll still lose weight, well, we know that's not true. False prophet said, well, if you stop, if you, know, if you don't eat those things, you don't eat these things on Tuesdays. And I'm, again, I'm not going to get anybody's belief they talk about eating pork or not eating pork and pork rinds or whatever, salt. But some of the stuff we just know is not good for us. Just because I could have eaten it when I was 12 or five or six, but at 52, 55, 60, 65, probably a bunch of salt, a bunch of sugar. It's probably not good. Our bodies probably don't really need all the meat to be given, right? So I don't have to be a certain religious order to eat that or not eat that. But I'm not saying that what the Lord mainly created wasn't good for us, because the word says that, anything that the Lord created. But he didn't create a trans fat, did he? I mean, he didn't create gluten. So, so we don't need to be super spiritual. Who created gluten? I'm just saying, if the Lord created it, eat it. But do I need to eat it in 17 portions at a time? No. If I wanted to have cake, if I wanted to have beef or whatever, I can have a smaller portion. I can walk. I can get up. I can have more water. Make sense? Amen. So we don't have to be super spiritual. We don't have to get caught up in some crazy ideas because those are antichrist spirits, but we have to start. We've got to do better. Okay. We're going to move on to Hebrews. We talked about here and we talked about faith. Faith resists the antichrist. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, we're going to deal, I think I'm going all the way to 11 with this one. So we're going to quickly step through some of these. I don't want us to be here all night. And it's funny, I didn't think it would be this long. And the whole afternoon, I was thinking, oh, if I have enough information, oh my gosh. Um, Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 here, the power of bold faith. Again, from the TPT, I believe. Sorry, I didn't put the translation in here. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. In fact, I'm going to ask them to stop right here. If someone else would prepare to re be available to read and volunteer to read these same Hebrew passages also when I stop. So be prepared to read the first three. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's the evidence required to prove that what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Hmm, interesting. Previous generations were commended for their faith. It spoke that right here back in Hebrews, in Hebrews time, the people were struggling with their faith. So if we think that we were, we we're struggling now, folks back in Hebrews time, thousands of years ago, they struggled. <laughs> faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words, he spoke and the invisible realm came, world realm gave birth to all that is seen. Continuing on, the power of bold faith continued. Verse five, faith translated Enoch from this life. He was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from the world because God promoted him before he was translated to heaven's realm, his life became a pleasure to God. I'd love to bet my life makes, become make a pleasure to God. That'd be, I mean, can you imagine what that even looked like? 
to live a life without sin and not having to have been Jesus. He didn't even get nailed to a cross. Hello, somebody, because Jesus was sent here to be our ransom, and he got punked. Enoch, before that time, walked a sinless life before God and was translated into heaven. So it was possible. So we ever think, oh, it's not possible to live a sin. No, it was. Enoch did it. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Not the sad ones, oh, I love God, but I'm in this bad space right now and I'm always going to be. No, he says, who passionately seek him. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that he had been never, that he had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the word was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that becomes his comes by believing yeah took him hundreds of years to build that ark hundreds of years can you imagine the 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 days that came by when noah was like oh my gosh this is i must be a yo-yo this is never going to come to pass hundreds of years hundreds of years and we have a part time waiting a year and i'm I'm speaking myself i got one of these radio shows been going on a year 125 episodes thinking jesus where you at god i thought you're gonna bring this thing to pass and Noah built an ark in his front yard for hundreds of years. But the rain came. And Noah was still strong. Huh. Some of us are so worried about becoming old and ancient and decrepit that we don't want to live our life. If we just wait a minute. Sorry. Just 120 to... years is what they're saying. 120 years. Mm-hmm. And it came to pass. Sorry. Something else says 55 to 75. See. But I forgot how old he was when he started, mm-hmm. but he was in his hundreds by the time he finished. Yeah. No one, I think of scripture, did he live almost 800 years? I'm sorry. I don't know. He, he lived, he lived a long time. Mm-hmm. I know he lived into the hundreds, but I don't know if it was um, still in Noah's time when they started dying earlier and earlier but um i know he he was he was up there he was up there living a lot longer than we live yeah but his faith was a lot longer than ours that's why the lord had to reduce the amount of time to keep us from sinning to that point where we would be just crazy out of our mind Mm -hmm. oh here's and here's 13 i did have it a minute it was just a little further back so we're gonna we've already read first timothy 4 13 we're gonna skip over that part So we're 14, uh, I don't know if we read it, 14, 16, but we deal with, this is something that, that, that Apostle Word has been really working on me a lot, and I, I hope it helps someone. Don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. For it was, de- it was imparted to you by the laying on of hands of the elders. And in some cases here, case other stuff, but some of us, may, we have a power that's been given in our life that the Lord gave us that didn't come from the laying on of hands because a lot of, a lot of us are 
getting impartations from God in these Zoom calls and in these, you know, chat rooms and in these other places by because of our faith. Okay, so the word here is in this time here, it was being imparted by and through the laying on of hands. So that's not get it's not get it twisted that we're not getting it because it's not happening, because it's is happening. Our faith is allowing it to take place. Okay. Don't minimize the power of the gift that operates in your life, for it was imparted to you by the laying on of hands, by the on the hands of the elders, and it was activated through prophecy they spoke over you, because our words being spoken over us in our meetings here. Make all of your constant meditation, make it all, make all of this your constant meditation and make it real with your life so everyone can see that you are moving forward. Give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth you teach. For living what you preach will release salvation inside of you and to all who listen to you.